What? <coughs> Look who's awake. Where am I? You're in the hospital. Do you remember how you got here? No. I mean, I can't. I... I can't remember. That's all right, dear. A detective found you right after you were attacked. He brought you here. What? How long have I been asleep? It's been two days. You've been coming in and out of consciousness. You lost a lot of blood. I'll have the doctor come in to check on you in a little bit. Is she awake? Can I see her? Please. No, she is still resting. Nurse? Wait here. Yes, dear. I'm sorry. Can I get some water, please? Of course. I'll bring some for you right now. Wait, who was that outside? Steve? He says he's your boyfriend. He's been here every day to check on you. Are you feeling up for a visitor? <clears throat> no. He didn't show up when I needed him. Why would I want to see him now? She's not ready for visitors yet. But she needs her rest. You can try again later. Here's that water for you. Hi, Claire. I'm Detective Morris. I found you and brought you here after you were attacked. Hello, Detective. It's nice to meet you. I mean, you know what I mean. I'm afraid I do need to ask you some questions, if you're up for it. Any information you have will help us find whoever did this. I can't really remember anything. Honestly, I don't think I want to. I'm sorry. I, I just don't think I'm ready to talk about it. Not yet. I understand. Get some rest. I will. Oh, detective? Thank you. Jane the Ripper, Episode 4, Recovery, was written by Brittany Burke and voiced by Adam Bauer, Brittany Burke, S. Michael Clericus, Becky Coleman, Katie Higgins, Ian McGowan, Alexa Moore, Emily Roddenbeck, Jen Weinman, Daniel Williams, and Liz Zirkel. All music by Ian McGowan. Jane the Ripper is brought to you by Calamity Cast, produced by Ian McGowan and Daniel Williams, and co-created by Brittany Burke and Ian McGowan. And now, Jane the Ripper, Episode 4, Recovery. Liam enters the bedroom, a towel around his waist, as Wendy lays under the covers. Despite all of his out-of-shape comments, one look at his shoulders tells Wendy he's stronger than he lets on. His modesty is endearing, but she was more than happy to feel his strength herself during their recent intimate encounter. There's nothing like a hot shower to take the edge off sometimes. Oh? I could have sworn that I had something to do with helping you relax. Well, that goes without saying. Mwah. It just seems like all my days are intense at the moment. Today, for example, I spoke to that woman I found bleeding out in the street. She seems to be doing okay, all things considered, but it was touch and go for a couple days. Oh my gosh, that was so scary. I'm so glad she's doing better. My day was substantially more relaxed than yours, that's for sure. The kids are both completely hilarious and frustrating, so nothing major to report there. But listen, so... Things have been going really great with us. They really have, haven't they? And I just, oh gosh, Wendy, get it together. I just wanted to say that I love, I love you. Wendy. you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Hmm. You know, I'm actually still feeling a little tense, I think. Well, what do you think we should do about that? I think we both have a few ideas. Claire, you have another visitor. Another? Okay. Claire's had more than her fair share of visitors since Liam came to talk. Her mother was there for five full hours, and Abigail stayed so long she fell asleep uncomfortably in the stiff hospital chair next to the window. Claire woke up to a note from Abigail saying she'd be back after work. Holly, I was worried it might be my dad. I'm not ready to see him yet. Not like this. Nope, just me. How are you holding up? Okay, I guess. I'm feeling better physically, at least. That's something. Claire, you actually spoke to my partner, Detective Morris, the other day. But I thought a friendly face might help. I don't want to rush you, but there's a lot at stake. Another woman was attacked the same night as you. What? The same night? Yes, but she didn't survive, Claire. Look, I can't pretend to know what you're feeling, but I do know that we have to catch this killer. Do you remember anything you can tell me? I really don't, Holly. I'm sorry. Damn it. I I just can't believe this happened. I was just walking to the bar. Why didn't I go a different way? I didn't even get a good look at who attacked me. Don't go there. Don't do that to yourself. This is not your fault. We'll get whoever did this. I'll get them. It's been a long three days since Holly's visit. Claire is doing well enough to head home and continue her recovery from the comfort of her own couch. She promised Holly she would call as soon as she feels ready to talk about her attack. Her memories of that night are fuzzy, and the little time she spent revisiting them has left her spinning. Ready to go home, big sister? You have no idea. There's nothing to do here. That's the point. You're supposed to rest. Here, let me help you get your things together. Claire, I have your discharge papers here. You are a free woman. Promise you'll take it easy now? As easy as I can. Come on, let's get you home before Mom and Dad get in. Ugh, I told Mom and Dad they didn't need to make the trip up here. You were nearly killed, Claire. They just want to make sure you're going to be alright. You've been through something awful. I'm as worried as they are. I... I was thinking I'd stay with you for a few days. You don't need to do that, Abby. I know, but I want to. I'll sleep better knowing you're safe. And I can help around the apartment while you rest, you know? Fine, fine. Something tells me I won't be able to convince you otherwise. Not even a little. Okay, it's a really tight hug, but I'm okay. Sorry, I just can't believe all of this. I'm so glad you're all right. Here, Mom, help me with these flowers. 
Of course, of course. Your father's in the living room. There's my girl. Come here. Oh, how are you holding up, sweetie? Oh, you know, a little tired. Still in some pain. I'm so, so sorry this happened to you. I wish we made it to town sooner. Do you need anything, Claire? Some real food would be nice. The stuff in the hospital is disgusting. We'll have to stop by the store then. Your cupboards are bare. I'll go with you. We should let Claire settle in. We'll be back before you know it, darling. Mwah. Nope. All these channels and still nothing good to watch. I guess I'll try to sleep. Claire tries to settle herself down enough to sleep. She struggles with guilt and what-ifs and flashes of violent memories, until at last she falls into a fitful sleep. Hello? Is someone there? Is someone- Two gigantic, blinding bright lights flash across Claire's face. Water smacks hard against her legs, stinging them, leaving them radiating in sharp pain. Shh. I have to get out of here. Help! So someone help! Hello! Anybody! From the ground, Claire stares directly at the shadow of her attacker. The oblong shadow looms over her, slanted and pitch black against the street-lit asphalt, with a slowly spreading, bright red fluorescent line cutting across. Oh God! I'm bleeding! The shadow grows larger and larger until Claire's attacker is nearly upon her. No! Let me go! The attacker wrestles his right hand free. Claire can only see the whites of his eyes against the dark. Somebody help! The streetlight catches the blade of the knife as the attacker stabs into Claire's abdomen. He rips out the knife, pulling it back far, stretching the streetlight with it. No, 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 not again. No! Claire kicks her attacker with all her strength before rolling away. As she rolls, she feels the full extent of her stab wound. It's a pain unlike she's ever known. I have to get out of here. Claire pushes off the ground despite pain screaming through every inch of her stomach. She hobbles towards far-off blue headlights, growing closer and larger. Help! Help, please! Miss? Miss, are you okay? My name is Detective Morris. Can you tell me? Get off me! I said, get off! It's just me! It's just me! You're okay, Claire. You're safe. Oh, oh, sorry. That was one hell of a nightmare, I guess. Yeah, I could tell. You were mumbling and it sounded like you were crying. So I came in. Tell you what, how does some breakfast sound? Come on. Mom made a whole spread. It looks delicious. I just relive the worst night of my life, okay? Just, I need a bit to recover. I'll be there in a sec. Sit down. We'll make you a plate. You want some coffee? That'd be great. Thanks. Claire's mother and father bustle around her kitchen. Abigail sits next to her and carefully observes her face, looking for some sign of how she's feeling. Claire, oblivious, sips and stares into her coffee. You've barely touched your food, Claire. I can make something else if you want. You uh, need any of your uh, pain medication? 
We picked up your prescription. Oh yeah, thanks. That would help a lot. Took me forever to fall asleep. My abdomen is killing me. Were you at least able to get some sleep? It was a bad dream, that's all. You sounded terrified. I don't want to talk about it. Well, you'll need to talk about what happened eventually. Well, I don't want to. Not yet, Abby. It's only been a week. Claire, I... You know what happened, Abby. We all know. I was nearly killed. Another woman died? What's there to talk about? How should I have walked a different way that night or just not gone to that stupid film festival in the first place? Claire, she's just trying to be supportive. It's not your fault. I know that. If it wasn't me, this psycho would have attacked some other girl. I mean, he actually did. Yes, I wonder why this happened and why I wasn't anywhere else that night, but I don't blame myself. I blame that murderer. I didn't mean to upset you, Claire. I'm sorry. I get it. You're worried. I would be too if it had been you that was attacked. Here's some water and the pain meds. Thank you. I... I think I'll lay down. And I'm sorry I yelled. You don't have anything to apologize for, dear. You let us know if you need anything. I've never heard her yell like that, Mom. She's just been through something awful, Abigail. She's not feeling like herself. I guess I was just so relieved that... What if she hadn't woken up in the hospital after the attack? Look, she has a lot to process, and it'll take plenty of time to work through. Hey there, listeners! Are you into alpha males, badass leading ladies, and happily ever afters? Then check out another great Calamity Cast podcast, Dick of the Week, where I chat with my other two co-hosts about everything we love and sometimes hate about both writing and reading romance novels. So grab a glass of wine, get comfortable, and let's get down and dirty about romance. Find it on CalamityCast.com or wherever you find your podcast. Claire falls asleep quickly this time. She is exhausted from not truly getting rest the night before. Once again, she dreams. She walks alone on a dark street, silent except for the rain and her breath. Every step she takes claps against the pavement and echoes briefly off the surrounding buildings, making her look around frantically. Wait, who's there? I know you're there. Leave me alone. Claire tries to run against the wind and rain, but she's distraught. It's hard to see, and she doesn't know which way to go. No, no, no. Shit. I can't be lost. I can't be. I can't. As Claire slows to find her way, her attacker gets closer. A jet-black shadow of a crooked head creeps at the back of her feet. It bobs with his every step, stretching under the streetlights and disappearing with each lightning strike. When it reappears, the shadow is nearly complete. I have to get the fuck out of here! The attacker catches up to Claire. His knife rips through the air, but... Claire falls. The streetlight behind her flickers in the wind and rain as her attacker steps into view. He lurches toward her inch by inch with each wave of the light in the storm. She can't make out his face, but she sees his cheeks rise in a smile. (laughs) He sees blood. Oh God, somebody help. I'm gonna die. Not yet. No! The attacker leaps at Claire and crushes her under his weight. She flails and kicks and grabs at his hair. She kicks again and again and again. Claire pushes the attacker away. 
As he reels backwards, he slowly moves his right hand. A flash of lightning reflects off his blade. Come here, you're mine, you're not kidding. He moves to stab again. I said no. Claire grabs her attacker's hand. She looks him straight in the eyes. Without looking away, she moves her other arm despite blinding pain. She peels his fingers back one by one until the knife is hers. My turn. Wait, what? Abigail, stop trying to clean up. We have to go, we're running late. I was just trying to help. I can clean this up. Oh, I was just about to leave you a note. Are you guys going somewhere? We're heading to the station. Holly asked us to come in. Don't worry about me. I'm fine here. Much better, actually. Had the first night of good sleep in a while. All right, then. We're heading out. We won't be long, dear. Morris and Grant are building their case, looking for any details they can find surrounding the elusive killer. Forensics didn't provide them with much to go on, so they've spoken with Claire's parents and are into their fourth hour of interviews for the day. All right, Abigail, we'll just start with some of the basics, okay? When was the last time you saw your sister before the attack? We grabbed a drink earlier that night uh, at a bar. What bar was that? And do you remember what time she left? It's called The Dovetail. I don't remember when she left, but she was late for the next showing at the film festival in Whitechapel. She was meeting her boyfriend there. Is that Steve Locke? Yes. They've been seeing each other for a little while. He blew her off that night, and she was upset, so I told her to come back to the bar. That was the last time we spoke that night. I, uh, I even had a drink waiting for her. Was Claire seeing anyone else that you knew of? Oh, absolutely not. Claire doesn't date like that. What does her social life look like? I mean, does she go out a lot? No, if she goes out, it's because I drag her to a spot that I like. Otherwise, she kind of keeps to herself. She loves to read. Abby, can you think of anyone who may have wanted to harm your sister? What? No. No one would want to hurt her. She's not the warmest person, sure, but she's not exactly Oscar the Grouch, either. We're trying to find whoever did this, Abby. We need all the information we can get. Is Steve capable of something like this? Absolutely not. Sure, they'd had a fight, but he wouldn't do this. There's absolutely no way. They fought? Do you know about what? More like they argued. Steve's kind of boring, and Claire gets frustrated with him. He doesn't have a ton of ambition. Okay, Abby. I think that's good for now. You can head home. We're so behind already, Liam. This guy could be gone by now. I know, I know. Look, we have one more interview to get through today, and we're done. Let's just get through it. Hello, Steve. I'm Detective Grant. We spoke on the phone earlier? Right. Yeah, hi. We're going to ask you some questions about the time leading up to Claire's attack. Answer with as much detail as you can. When was the last time you saw Claire before her attack? I saw her two days before she was attacked. We argued about my job. I was supposed to meet her at this film festival that night, but I was still upset. Well, not upset, just embarrassed. You weren't angry with her? Was I happy with her? No, but I wasn't angry. I I didn't go to the festival because I didn't think I was good enough for her. And now I am definitely not good enough. I I let her down when she needed me most. She wouldn't let me see her while she was in the hospital. She won't answer my calls. I had just shown up. All I had to do was show up. She would have been fine. There's no way of knowing what would have happened if you were there, Steve. You both could have been killed. Where were you the night of the attack? 
I was at my usual bar, Finley's on 8th, watching the game. I know the bartender pretty well. He can vouch for me if that's what you're getting at. Okay. I think that's all we need for now. I'll show you out. We'll be in touch if we need anything else. Chief Neville gathers the team at Bristol PD for an update on the murders. The case is struggling in its early stages. All right, everyone, let's begin. Three murders in two weeks' time. All in are close to Whitechapel. The wounds on the victims are similar, including missing organs, and the victims, all women, around the same age. We cannot ignore the close ties of these murders. Or the possibility that this is a serial killer, one copying the murders of Jack the Ripper. We have interviewed Reese Waters, the first victim's husband, and have ruled him out as a suspect. I believe Detective Morris has some additional information on the case. Thank you, Chief. One victim, Claire Davis, survived. We have spoken with her and her family with little to go on. No potential suspects at this time. Our profile, then, is the typical serial killer. White male, misogynist, insecure. He would appear to be an opportunist with no personal connection to his victims. We have more people to interview, but we will need everyone's help. If we do truly have a copycat on our hands, this killer will strike again and with increasing brutality. Thank you, Detective Morris. That'll be all, everyone. I think we should try talking with Claire again. Maybe it's too soon, but we need a concrete profile of our suspect, not guesswork. And it's not like we have time to waste. I think it's worth a shot. Maybe she remembers more now that she's had some time to rest. I'm Adam. And I'm Daniel. We've got a great new show on the Calamity Cast Network. It's called the Black Lodge Complaint Department. And every week, we're going to discuss everyone's favorite show, Twin Peaks. Boo! That sounds terrible, Adam. And I've never seen Twin Peaks. That's the point. Listen along as we go over the entire series from the perspective of a longtime fan and a person that kind of hates David Lynch for no good reason. It's going to be great. Yes, it is. So subscribe now to the Black Lodge Complaint Department on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and check us out at CalamityCast.com. Claire slowly gets up from the couch and turns the TV off on the way to the door. She knows why the detectives are here and is dreading this. Hey, Holly. Detective Morris. Come on in. How are you doing? Tired and a little bored, but I really haven't felt like going out. Even if I did, my sister would just tag along and look worried the whole time. I'm sure she's probably just worried. Her big sister has been through a lot lately. I know. She's feeling protective of me. It's cute, but annoying. (laughs) I'm a grown woman. I should be able to go to work, at least. She's allowed to worry about her big sister. You'd feel the same way if your roles were reversed. And you should take as much time as you need before going back to work. It hasn't been that long, all things considered. So, it's nice catching up and all, but I'm guessing this is an official visit? More questions? Unfortunately, yes. 
Can you walk me through the events leading up to the attack? Take your time. Sure. Um, well, I had a drink with Abby. She was late, so we didn't talk long. And we argued a bit about Steve. She's never liked him. And then I left for the film festival around 7 and waited for Steve. But he never showed. So I called Abby and I was heading back to the bar. I think that was around 9 or 9.30, but I'm not sure. What did you do while you waited for Steve? I had a drink um, and I looked around the lobby area. They have like some new art exhibits. Did you talk with anyone while you waited? Just one of the bartenders, but not for long. There were a lot of servers and people around the bar. It was like a special setup, I think, for the festival. I I didn't get the guy's name. Did you leave with anyone? No, absolutely not. I was on the phone with Abigail. Of course, Claire. He didn't mean anything by that. Do you remember where Abby was? Yeah, she was still at the bar, the dovetail. She was ordering me a drink as I got off the phone. I looked for a cab, but it was rainy and there weren't any, and I just started walking quickly. Did you notice if anyone was following you? Maybe a few minutes later. I hadn't gone far. I heard someone walking behind me, and they slowed down when I did. I I started to panic. I know this is hard. We can take a break anytime. No, I'd rather be done with this. Was there anyone else around? Nobody. I, I tried shouting for help, and I started running, and I heard them running too, and I felt them right behind me, and then I fell. Did you get a look at your attacker? No, because I was busy fighting him off. I punched and kicked, but he still stabbed me. I've never felt pain like that. So the attacker was male? Yeah. I heard him grunt when I kicked as hard as I could. He was trying to stab me again, and he was so close. And then I just got up and ran, and I must have knocked him down pretty hard. I didn't know where I was going, though, and I couldn't see anything, and it was dark and and raining, and... It's all right, Claire. I don't expect you to remember all just yet but we need to find some answers. We know you're trying. You've given us more information than we had before. You did great, really great. We'll let you rest. Do you need anything from us while we're here? No, no, I'm okay. You can call me anytime with any details or even if you just want to talk. We'll come back in a day or two to see how you're doing. Despite everyone telling her to take her time, Claire is back to work just a month after her attack. It's not about the money, she told them over and over again. It's about getting back to being herself. Good morning, Claire. We're glad to have you back. Settling it all right? Yeah, just fine. Thank you, Mr. Smalling. Richard, remember? Right. Thanks, Richard. Did you need something? I have to hop on a call here with a client regarding their truck accident claim. Of course. The one with the 18-wheeler I saw come across. Make sure it gets handled appropriately. Profits over peasants. Claire initiates the claim approval process and goes about her day catching up on emails and memos. The morning goes by quickly with call after call, and before she knows it, it's lunchtime. I have to say, Claire, I am impressed that you're back so soon and diving right in. You were on time today. I wanted to get back into the thick of it, I guess. I'm not really one to sit around just twiddling my thumbs. It looks like you're all healed. That scar isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Still large, but not that abhorrent. You know, I thought it would be some awful thing from what I heard. 
It's still unsightly, and I bet you wished it wasn't there. Excuse me? But I suppose that's what happens. Walking alone, not being careful. It's a shame, really. Not being careful. That's it, Richard. You cannot speak to me that way. Some psycho comes after me and it's my fault somehow? As if I haven't gone through every single decision I made that night and wished so desperately that I could change it somehow? I am allowed to question how careful I was or how I could have done something different. Not you! I fought for my life and managed to win. You wouldn't have lasted a minute. Maybe you wouldn't talk so much if I took a knife to your throat! I sh- I should be going. It's been a long morning and I'm tired. I should head home and, uh... What the fuck was that? I should have known Richard would be like that. I did know, actually. I can't believe I threatened him. It's not like I meant it though, right? Claire keeps on questioning herself all afternoon. She forces herself to eat despite feeling shaken and heads back to bed. Who's following me? I know you're there. Answer me, damn it! Shh. I'm definitely lost. Claire runs hard despite the rain and not knowing where she's going. Her attacker keeps pace. Frustrated, he sprints and closes in on Claire. He finds the handle of his knife and is ready to strike when Oof! Claire hits the ground hard. She tries to get up but slips. As she rolls to her side, her attacker walks into view. He is tall and pale and grinning widely. His hand holds a small, sharp blade and there's a clotta tattoo on his ring finger. Somebody help! Anybody! <coughs> God, stop! The attacker leaps at Claire with his knife out. She fights him with everything she has. She swings wildly and lands a blow to the side of her attacker's face. She shoves her attacker off and grabs the knife in one swift move before he can regain his balance. Wait! Huh, not a chance in hell. Claire lunges at her attacker, stabbing no! him in the stomach. No! No! This can't be happening! You made a mistake coming after me tonight. I didn't know I had this in me. Claire stands and watches her attacker's shirt run red with blood. Her eyes widen and a breathless smile slowly appears on her face. Well, that was different. Oh crap, is it already nine? Coming! Hi, Holly. Detective Morris. Is everything okay? Yeah, of course. Come on in. Do you feel comfortable discussing your attack today? I'm definitely willing to try. Um, I think I remember a bit more. It's not as difficult to think about. That's good. We'll take it slow, okay? Let's start with anything you can remember about the person who attacked you. Right. He's taller than normal. Maybe a foot taller than me. What about his weight? Or his hair color? I couldn't tell you how much he weighs. He wasn't really skinny, though. Average, I guess. And it was too dark to see his hair, but he was definitely pale. Uh, 
He looked like he was wearing a dark coat and seemed very pale against it. Any distinctive markings, like a scar or tattoo, they'd stick out on a pale skin. Nope. No scars or anything. You said his coat was dark, right? Was anything remarkable about his clothes or shoes? No. He was behind me. By the time I was looking at him, he was about to stab me. Did he say anything to you? No. Nothing. Do you remember anything else? The knife blade was short. All right. You did great, Claire. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. If you think of anything else, give us a call. Well, at least we have some additional details about the attacker's description and the weapon. It's not enough, Liam. I think she remembers more than she's saying. She was about to say something before she started talking about his coat, but she cut herself off. It feels like there's something she's not telling us. Why would she lie to us? This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.